classy gibberish. Hello and welcome to another episode of Classy Gibberish, the radio show in which we listen to the absolute bangers of the history of classical music, the bangers we all know and love. And today we are back with our male composers and we have two. We have Julia Andreessen and we have Bella Bartok, which I've played before. Um, and we're going to start with Bella Bartok, with uh, Violin Rhapsody. Um, and then we're going to go to Jurian Andreessen with Rhapsody for two pianos and orchestra. <coughs> Is it working? Yes. How have we been? I've been good. Mm, went into the lab a couple of times this week. One of my experiments didn't work. But hopefully the other one will have. I know that I'll know that on Monday. I also had a chance to film a university event called uh, Celebrating the Race Equality Charter, which was. Um, pretty fun and I got paid for it so pretty good and then I also was involved in live streaming or setting up the live streaming equipment and chairing hustings in relation to the do selections which are ongoing and that was a lot of fun as well it was tense um, and a bit stressful at times, um, but it was it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd never had an opportunity to do something like this, so it was pretty fun. I actually want to speak about. Um, I thought of speaking about the elections. I'll just say that. If you're listening to this and you're a student of the University of Dundee and you haven't yet voted, you have until Thursday at 12 noon. And I'd say please do vote because in the last couple of years the student executive of DUSA has been mostly very poor and it's only via student participation and student interest in the elections and in DUS in general that will get, will get um, you know, better a better student executive, a more competent and productive student executive. So I'd say please do vote. Um, you can vote at vote.dundee.ac.uk 
and yeah if you need uh, uh, something more than the manifestos to decide who to vote for the hustings that I was involved in are available in the Dusa Facebook page and it'll probably be among the first five posts I don't know if they've posted anything about Holly today but it will be there and you have a chance to go back and watch all the candidates <coughs> I think they all had a chance to talk about who they who they are and what they um, envision for if they were elected for for the student executive so I'd say it's it's something that all students should watch in case they are interested in in getting to know the candidates a bit better there are there's a, a huge variety in, in the the background of the candidates the origin of these candidates and their policies and and ideas and hustings was a great way to sort of split them apart and figure out the differences between between each other now I obviously don't want to influence anyone but I, 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 I'll say that there's in my mind very competent candidates and I think I think it's a bit difficult to decide who to vote for because the only thing you have most of the time is a manifesto especially if you're a student in, in first or second year the only thing you have is a manifesto and I, I think there is more to a person than their manifesto and, and manifestos are just a block of text they can, don't convey who the, the, the candidates really are Pardon me. They don't convey who the candidates really are. So I would say that... <laughs> Pardon me. I would say that... A lot of... The, the candidates that I, I do know... And I do want to vote for... Are people that I... Know and... Slash or have worked with... And I know that they're competent, they're passionate. Um, and, and so a, a lot of my decisions, you know, some of them will come down to, to manifestos and what I heard in the hustings. The hustings, you can get a better idea of who they are. But I think ultimately, given the experience that I've had with this year's executive, I think manifestos don't go don't do enough to show people who the candidates are because the productivity and effectiveness of a student executive comes down to the work ethic of the individual members of the executive 
and that's something that's really really difficult to to convey I guess if you have someone with with academic prices for uh, achievements uh, academic achievements for being a, a reference in terms of participating um, in, in the student life and student representation that is um, something you can use and will probably show that those are people with a good work ethic and whose presence will be beneficial for the exec but none of the manifestos really includes any of that from what I remember and I had to read all the manifestos twice for my position as, as chair of hostings um, so yeah but I, I'd say do go and vote because it's very important in a stage like this with with the exec we've currently got that's not been very productive not been very competent it's important the reason why people are annoyed at Dusa, disappointed with Dusa and the exec is because they're incompetent, not because Dusa and the exec are, you know, outdated concepts. And the only way there is of getting, having a better Dusa and a better exec is by... is by voting and making sure that the exec is held to account, Dusa is held to account and that the students manifest their opinions and their, um, how do I put this, their ideas and their frustrations whenever they're unhappy with DUSA. And one of the main ways of doing this is with voting. Now, having spoken somewhat at length, oh actually there's only one minute left in this, so I'll continue talking about the elections. Ultimately, the effectiveness of Deuce and the Exec comes down to how much they're respected by university management. And in this specific situation, if there isn't, you know, if, if the president is elected with 200 votes, like Ash was elected last year, that's not going to have a very good consequence in the sense of the exec having power within within the university because if you've always been if you've only been elected with you know two percent of the votes of the entire student body then you have pretty much no power no no mandate to to influence the the university management firm and so the the more votes there are in the elections the more power the student executive has within the university and so I'd say do go out and vote because it's important for that now having finished with that we now move to Julian Andresen with Rhapsody for two pianos and orchestra now these were two Rhapsodies because I do love a Rhapsody more than anything else Two of my favorite pieces are 
Hey. I Rhapsody in blue and Hungarian Rhapsody, so yeah. I do love a Rhapsody. And that's why I wanted to listen to two Rhapsodies today. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about today is religion. I was watching a video um, about about the religion and specifically Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager is the creator of quote unquote, no Prager quote unquote university, and he's a very conservative man very conservative views and deeply religious and he's got a YouTube channel called Prager University not in quotes but it should be uh, where he makes and invites guests to make very I, I don't know if this is a still a reference for people today but not in a There, there was a YouTube channel when I was growing up that, you know, a lot of people watched and it had a reputation of being trustworthy and talking about, about very interesting stuff. And it was called Kurzgesagt, in a nutshell. And it still exists today and they still post videos. And at the time that was the sort of, everyone spoke about it. Everyone knew the videos that were, they were releasing and stuff. And not long after that was a big thing, the then uh, Prager University videos started being big as well. And they sort of have a similar, similar looking videos. And so I for, for some time thought that it was a, a credible source and um, took it with the same confidence I took all the information in the in a nutshell videos. Um, uh, but anyway, so I saw a video by Rationality Rules of Stephen Woodford, the creator of the channel, reacting to a video of Dennis Prager's talking about religion and morality. And it, it's a very common view among, I wouldn't say as much the, the regular religious person. Well, I, I get uh, most of the people I speak to about this are Christians. And most of the regular people, the people I speak to don't really talk about the morality of it. Um, but among amongst scholars and people that are more passionate about the, the, the philosophy of religion, the big thing is that uh, morality is comes from God and that without a God there isn't morality and this is especially prevalent in, in um, the Christian religions uh, I think. And so that there's the belief that, that God is the creator or, or the, the, the reason why there is morality in human societies. Um, and so that then, the point that Stephen Woodford was raising, that I think is a very good point, is 
there there's two options when y you take this point of morality and God. Uh, the first one is that morality is objective and God states that morality. So God only talks about it with, without really setting anything. And in that case there isn't the need for there isn't a need for a God because morality already exists. And the other option is that morality is set by God and so it's it's subject to God's you know uh, wills and moods and whatever. And so when you have for example the decision by God to, to let it rain for 40 days and 40 nights or however long it was, I don't know. Um, and let all these animals and, and humans die. Um, you know, this, this would be, I, I think, seen as immoral by most people. Um, but, but because God said it, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be it's supposed to be morality and so it's fine if god says it and so the the, the subjective subjectivity of it all does isn't very nice i really like this fight um but yeah and so th this sets the tone to this debate Which I think is a very interesting one. Um, and my opinion is that morality is subjective and very dependent on cultural values. Um, and that's why, you know, people in certain parts of the world still have highly patriarchal societies. While European and North American societies uh, tend to be much more egalitarian. And this brings me to something I've, I've been thinking about, which is Portugal has been taken over by... Uh, by... claims or... or, or the, 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 the revelation of, of cases where priests priests of the Catholic Church um, harassed abused children um, because they, they have to be uh, celibate um, and so there's the the um, you know the the What's the word I'm looking for? That's not part of what I was playing. Um, so there's the temptation, quote unquote, when there's kids to do uh, unacceptable stuff with them, um, and the, and priests have been, you know, for a long time, been associated with pedophilia, and it's very problematic. And Portugal is only get, getting to the point of. Um, denouncing that the several cases that have occurred and I think it's about time and it should have happened a long time ago um, but something that I find infuriating nowadays is how parents knowing of all of these things still you know let the children go to Sunday school go to church 
uh, in in very young ages when they know how problematic priests are and all, all the 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 claims that have come to to public in the the last year last couple of years in Portugal but parents still let their kids go to 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 church go to Sunday school and and I think it's unacceptable um and yeah it's it's yet another reason why I don't like organized religion um because it perpetu perpetuates this kind of behaviors and specifically in Portugal it's been uh, characterized by a decades decades old policy of resolving these crimes their public crimes that should go to the courts to justice um for the people to be punished or not according to uh, what's decided um and instead the the church just decides to sort it out amongst themselves and just move the priest to a different um to a different parish or something like that um which is completely unacceptable and it it fills me truly fills me with disgust in in so many different ways um and gives much more strength to my position um of of atheism um because ultimately organized religion is the the way that that a belief in god is expressed in our current society and so if this is the way organized religion works then i don't want to be part of this belief um yeah and just to finish off i'll just say that my favorite quote unquote argument against the existence of a god is that when you ask religious people especially judeo christian people about why if there's a god and god created this world and it's supposed to be perfect why there's so much suffering and uh, injustice and um you know so many problems in the world and in societies in general why why are these things why do these things exist when the world should be perfect and god should be all knowing and uh, supposedly created a, a perfect world and and people will say that this is because humans humans are imperfect and so they have given their free will um they chose to do things that they shouldn't have and um so really uh, triggered and and unleashed all this evil upon the world because of of bad decisions um and so then you question yourself if when we're given free will we create so much problems and unleash so much evil in the world what's heaven like is heaven a place it's supposed to be paradise it's supposed to be perfect it's supposed to be our um prize for for living a, a worthy life uh in in very um you know in, in a very rough um translation of of what heaven is it, it it's that uh our, our our prize for living a worthy life according to the religious um <clears throat> to the the religious beliefs um so heaven's supposed to be perfect but if it is perfect then we're supposed to supposedly will have free will if we go to heaven but if humans have free will uh, on earth and they unleash such evil upon the world 
then that means that in heaven, if humans have free will, then heaven will not be perfect. It'll be evil, uh, it'll have all these problems that Earth has because humans have free will. So uh, we reached the conclusion that heaven must be a place where humans do not have free will. But if humans don't have free will, then it, it isn't heaven isn't perfect, it isn't paradise because humans don't have free will. And so I quite like this paradox because I think it really, um, it really shows to to a good extent the 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 paradox of, of religious beliefs and and the 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 supposed nature of of a potential deity, um, a potential Judeo-Christian deity, uh, and that is one of my favorite arguments, um, not against the existence of God, but to debunk the existence of God. Um, it's a subtle difference, but it's an important one. Anyway, that's all I had to say for today. Once again, I remind you that Deuce elections are currently open. You can vote until Thursday at 12 noon. To vote, you just need to go to vote.stmd.ac.uk. You can watch the hustings back, which happened yesterday, on Deuce's Facebook page. And please do vote, because more students voting gives more power to do so and the student executive to lobby for the interest uh, interests of our students so please do vote that's all i had to say today thank you very much for everyone that um, has listened or will listen i'll be back not next week because next week i'm going to be in copenhagen but i'll be back the week after for more classic gibberish until then Please do try having a great week, and I will try having a great week as well. Um, that's all I had to say, and now I have to look on my phone for the jingle to close off the show any moment now. Any moment. That's all from me today. And I will speak to you to you all in a couple of weeks. Classy gibberish.